beautiful people. Welcome, welcome to episode 16 of 321 No Kidding. Bobby the Awesome here, ready to go through the fabulous step two with everybody today. As it is February and we haven't done our step meeting yet. So welcome to our virtual uh, GA meeting. So before I get into it, I... Uh, I just kind of wanted to speak to why I let the opening music roll so long. So the point of it is, first of all, the song just makes me feel good. It just makes me happy on the inside to listen to it. And now it's so ingrained that it has something to do with the show. It makes me smile double. But also because I hope that's what it does for you. Like it's just such a fun, upbeat kind of song. It's a little catchy and... Uh, just so very grateful for Blue October, which I will be seeing again next month, which is pretty exciting. So anyway, so today we got step two, and normally I would read out of one of the the writing the steps book or the reading the steps book, and we're going to do a couple questions out of there, but I actually found... Um, when we were in treatment, we had to do little exercises and I don't think all things were created equal. I think they gave different handouts to different folks depending on their circumstances. Maybe the step ones were consistent across all of us. So I'm going to read from that today in reference to step two and then go into a couple questions. But before I get into step two and how it relates to my gambling I also found what is called the proactive 12 steps. And I think I've mentioned before that I believe, you know, the step work can kind of be done for just about anybody because everybody has something in life probably that they can apply it to. And I'm also a believer by doing this work on yourself and digging deep at least this is what I believe based on my process the last, you know, five, six years is um, we can all get better. It does take work. A lot of it, a lot of soul searching and a lot of being honest, but honest with ourselves, especially. So anyway, so I found this proactive 12 steps and I'm going to share it with you and see if it, it it resonates without necessarily being even a gambling addict. So here goes. Step one. I get it. What I've, what I've been doing is self-destructive. I need a change. Step two. I see the big picture. The way to stop relapsing into self-destructive behaviors is to build a healthier sense of self. Step three. I have an action plan. From now on, I am squarely facing everything that is in the way of feeling really satisfied with my life. Step four, I honestly look at the effects of my actions on others and myself. Step five, I take responsibility for my actions. Step six, I see that my knee-jerk reactions have, have to do with being in the grip of, of more or less conscious fears. Step seven, I strive to find my motivation in a deeper sense of who I really am rather than fair and defensiveness. 
Step eight, I stop blaming and feeling blamed with a willingness to heal the wounds. Step nine, I swallow my pride and sincerely apologize to people I've hurt, except when this, except when this would be counterproductive. Step 10, I live mindfully paying attention to the motives and effects of my actions. Step 11, I stay in touch with a broader sense of who I really am and a deeper sense of what I really want. And step 12, a growing sense of wholeness and contentment motivates me to keep at it and to share this process with others who are struggling. So when I read step two, you'll understand why I wanted to kind of put those proactive 12 steps out there. And maybe I'll do it every time, but this one I really wanted to drive home because step two is as follows came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to a normal way of thinking and living. So that power greater than ourselves, um, some people get stuck on in the program. Uh, Me personally, I've been stuck on it for years. You know, we do the serenity prayer a lot of times in the beginning, in the end of meetings, both, either or. And it always starts with God. And we've actually had some conversation about, is it because that's the way the prayer is written? Or is that because who the group chooses as their higher power? And I think we settled that it's because the way the prayer was written and how the group, individuals in the group define their higher power is going to be different from person to person. And I believe that's absolutely fine. I still won't say the the G word when they do that. I let someone else kick us off. Or if I get called on, I say universe. So (laughs) that wasn't the way it was written, but that's what works for me. And for me, I feel like until I actually figure out my, my God stuff, I don't want to be a hypocrite. It's just one of my quirky little weird things, but that's the way I feel about it. So I definitely feel more in touch with having faith in general, but my faith is kind of more that the universe, I don't want to say is in control, but but that might be the way I feel. But I believe that everything's going to happen for a reason. I believe that I can definitely take action to help in that way. You know, if I wasn't continually learning or moving forward, I don't think the plan will happen as it would versus me just being on a couch all day or something. I don't even know that I'm capable of doing that. But anyway, um, that's that's kind of my belief system is – there is definitely something a power greater than my greater than me and it impacts my daily life my recovery my future my past i'm actually reading uh the book supernatural from joe dispenza and i'm very early on and i can't speak to it intelligently yet but there's there's some conversation in how the past, present, and future 
are kind of reconciled or all the same thing. I don't know. It's a little overwhelming, so I won't speak wrong about it. But I, I definitely believe more in those kinds of things than necessarily um, organized religion. Note that that also doesn't mean that I hold any judgment for religion um, or church or, or any of that. Um, and actually, you know, why I go to church is part of my step work, uh, the traditional steps, not the, the ones I just read to you. So here is what the literature said um, on the worksheet that I got from, from treatment. So again, step two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to a normal way of thinking and living. Now that you have worked on admitting your powerlessness in your step one work, it is only reasonable to begin to work on making changes in your life and a way of living. Step two asks, asks us to be open-minded and look for some help in making those changes. This step has traditionally been a difficult concept for many gamblers to accept. There is someone or something greater than ourselves. Step two tells us that that someone or something is there to assist you in moving back to a normal way of thinking and living. It tells you that you cannot do it by yourself. Willpower alone is not a solution to your problems. If willpower were enough, you would not be where you are today with your gambling. The changes you need to make will begin to come about in the remaining steps of the gamble in the remaining steps of Gamblers Anonymous. These changes will allow you to become that person you want to be. Kind, generous, honest, and humble. These changes will allow you to regain the values you lost while gambling and to begin to develop new ones. This can be an overwhelming task to take on. However, this is where it is important that you begin to realize you don't have to do this alone. This is what step two is asking you to do. To do. Believe that someone or something else will help you. Some people are able to identify a higher power at this point. It is not necessary to identify or fully understand your higher power, only to accept that you have a power greater than yourself. Your higher power may be someone or something such as a sponsor or another member of a fellowship early in your recovery. As you proceed through your step work, you will begin to develop a higher power to be if I was in the advice business instead of the this is how I feel and how I process things or how I do things, um, I think I would recommend to someone new in the program or new to trying a, to stay away from a bet to not really get hung up on the higher power part, but to really just know and feel and understand that they're not alone. Uh, whether it's whether it's through the universe, like I believe, or uh, GA people, or a, a treatment center, or or clubs, or people, you know, like-minded people, and I say that you know now that I have my my alcohol-free tribe, um, you know, I'm not alone, no matter no matter what. Um, and this is aside from, you know, friends and, and family, there's a lot of community out there. So that is a, hopefully a key takeaway if I was to give advice. 
So I'm going to just kind of go over a couple of questions from the GA literature because I like that part. So here's a couple questions from the talking, the working the steps book. So it says, step two warns that belief, higher power, will remove obsession, may be difficult. Sorry, with the parentheses, that doesn't sound quite fluid. So it's saying that, you know, believing in the higher power might actually be a challenge. So many do not believe a higher power and or God exists. And how can we proceed with our recovery if we don't? So the first couple years, again, I'm going to answer this for me, the first couple years in GA and me not really buying into the whole higher power gig, you know, and, and people have said it. And if you've ever been in a 12 step room, <laughs> you've probably heard it. Your higher power can even be a doorknob. Um, so essentially, I think it's about having faith, which I've gone on record as saying that I believe that true buy-in on the faith and the spirituality that I'm finding is definitely the difference between um, my clean time, even though I was using GA, versus my my clean time now. I think for me how I found it was through my step work. And even though I did it the first time, I don't know if I dug deeper or I just had a different mindset. I'm not sure the exact why it's different for me now or how I found it this time versus last time. I just feel like it's. A so the discussion points associated with what I just read are um, areas of success in our lives that were decided more by circumstances than our best efforts. So I think that one of the biggest set of circumstances that had to kind of show me or instilled that the universe was working for me was my journey with my career. So going to Kansas City to be a director and landing there and going going through what I did there of of really gambling crazy, um, meeting the GA community and, and going through the GA community there. If I, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have known about treatment. I never would have went to treatment. Um, so I believe that that was all kind of the universe taking me where I was supposed to go. If I stayed abstinent from gambling that first time, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be talking to you. I wouldn't feel compelled. I mean, maybe I would have. Maybe this is where I was supposed to land, but I don't think I'd be as equipped as I feel like I am today after going to treatment and having the exposure to the center and everything. So then the other part of it, and I think I talked about this in the transparency episode, was, you know, if the universe wanted me to end up back in New York and that's what was supposed to happen when I was, you know, applying for this this job back on the east coast and just kind of relinquishing that it, it it didn't have anything to do with my ability to do the job 
I knew I was capable of doing the job. Same thing as when I moved to Kansas. So I think that's where my efforts didn't necessarily make a difference. I still had to do actionable things. Sure, I still had to apply. I still had to take the test. You know, I still had to make those decisions to move. But really, it, it, has, it wasn't about my qualifications, in my opinion. It was the universe wanted me to be in Kansas when I was in Kansas, and it wanted me to be here now that I'm here. It wants me exposed to people in my life and things in my life and that's just the way it's supposed to be you know at least in my belief system right now um and the (laughs) the next bullet here says um uncomfortable chores that prove to be beneficial so these are these are said as a statement in this book. And again, if you're sitting with me in a GA meeting and it's my turn to talk, that's kind of the lead in statement. So uncomfortable chores that prove to be beneficial. So I talk a lot about this in the next episode. Um, well, the next two episodes as I go through what what uncomfortable chores I had to do when when dealing with deaths in the family. But the regular uncomfortable chores, and and I actually, I guess I don't like that terminology because, well, maybe maybe it's all right. Maybe uncomfortable is different than chores we don't like. Maybe I have to get to a neutral place of, of the word uncomfortable. So uncomfortable, I think I need to look at more as, challenging or not easy so when it comes to my recovery um, I guess uncomfortable would be for me sharing this candidly it's getting a little easier but I honestly I don't know if if this was different like if I had to do videos on YouTube and have these conversations that would be super wicked, more uncomfortable. I'm not sure I could do that, for example. Um, it's more uncomfortable. And, and again, not anymore. I'm grateful for a lot of the things that used to be uncomfortable. But it's uncomfortable to have to drive an extra, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes to group and back twice a week, three times a week. You know, it, and I'm using uncomfortable there as not easy. Not that it's hard to drive, but it's easier to go home at the end of the day um, or to not get up on a Saturday morning. You know, there's Zuma class on Saturday morning. Why do I got to drive to group? So that's kind of my spin on the uncomfortable. Then the next part of the text here says it's recommended for all believers and non-believers to quotation marks take it easy it says keep an open mind and practice other areas of recovery so what well first of all the open mind part and another piece of literature that I have in front of me here it, it speaks to willingness in reference to step two and we often talk about the how, the open, the 
wow, how about I get it backwards? The honest, open, and willing. And the open mind, open to feedback, open to new experiences. I mean, open is so critical. And it makes sense that we talk about it. Um, So I think it would be very hard to be willing if you weren't open. So that's what I think this is, you know, this is my interpretation of keeping an open mind. You know, we tell we tell people just keep coming back and don't gamble. Like that's what we preach. And if they didn't have an open mind and and a little bit of faith, right? Not that we're higher powers or anything, but belief that there's more or that it'll work out maybe they don't come back and and you know maybe we never see them again so having an open mind and awareness and doing the work and it might not be comfortable for them to come into a group of you know 20 30 people that know each other a little bit more intimately than they would know them walking in I mean they're welcome to join us but that would be uncomfortable for a new person I I can remember being there and then the next piece of that, practicing other areas of the recovery program, I think this can be as simple, you know, like I can go to meetings without having to have a higher power or or a God or, you know, I, I can still go to meetings. I can still go with open ears. I can still share what I need to share. I could do all of that without getting hung up on the higher power piece of it. I did it. I did it for over two years. I was involved in the community and and celebrating anniversaries and going to the conferences. And I did all of that without necessarily having um, such a clear higher power as I do now. And the other parts of that are, again, my opinion is the self-care piece of it. So you can exercise and treat yourself to a haircut, you know, instead of your gambling money or getting your nails done or, you know, the self-care piece of working your recovery as well as looking in the mirror, you know, step four when we get to April and we start talking about step four and digging deep and and taking inventory on ourselves. Um, there's a reason that step four comes after this, right? Because if we're not open and willing and honest, then we're not going to be successful later in the other steps. So, so those are kind of my first year doing step two with you highlights. There's a, there's a lot more here and I, I really just want the message to be, again, I'm imagining we're in your car together and you're having this step two meeting with me. I hope that you hear that you're just, you're not alone and you can do it and you don't have to be in control of everything. It's okay to ask for help. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, I really like today's positive quote and it aligns with what I shared with you about my belief about everything happening for a reason and, and kind of seeing that a lot of times in hindsight, it's very difficult to, to feel this in the moment. But Nicole Reed, yay, announce a name I could pronounce, says, 
Sometimes the bad things that happen in our lives put us directly on the path to the best things that will ever happen to us. I truly feel that way about my gambling career and my gambling recovery. And I hope that the folks that are struggling out there can hopefully see that in their lives as well. So before I go, I just kind of want to say one more thing or ask for a little help, maybe. Um, If you get a moment to leave a review or rate 321 No Kidding, I would greatly appreciate it. Every little bit helps. Because I want to keep the show evergreen, I'm not going to speak to a little contest I'm going to be having um, or that's probably in motion at the time of this being published, um, but using social media to communicate that. But at any rate, if, if you can share and review and subscribe, all those actions help and hopefully help get the podcast to the folks that need it. I can see some of the stats surrounding the show, and it's it's interesting to me that the number one downloaded episode is the 20 questions, the ones that help, you know, maybe give clarity on whether or not we have a gambling problem. So that kind of tells me there's a need. So in order to get to the folks who may have the need, for the show or recovery or whatever, the options, just knowing the options, um, doing things like subscribing and reviewing help me. So thank you in advance. Until next time, beautiful people. Have a